Oh, am I starting? <laughs> yes, we've begun. That's, how we, That's should... how we started. That's how we start. <laughs> we start each week a different way, and this week it's Levi saying, Oh, am I starting? <laughs> As he looks blankly it's, across the table. It's, yeah, that's right. If only we had video for this, you would have seen just an awkward pause of about 15 <laughs> seconds. The only part of this podcast so far that would have been worth capturing on video. That's right. Well, because you said you started the last one, so I thought that you were going to start this one. Anyway, we're here. We're here. Welcome. And uh, we're going to dig a bit deep. Episode three, dig a little deeper. Dig a hey, little sometimes deeper. Sometimes there's some uh, profound truth just below the surface Yeah. when you don't take things at face value and you dig a little deeper and we feel so honored that you're still with us if you're still with us yeah yeah which i guess you are still with us if you're listening to this that's right and uh you've already got the patience medal that's right episode one if you lasted through episode one not that it was bad no i thought it was great you should go back and listen to it if you haven't we'll get you another medal for listening to it twice (laughs) nothing better than a hypothetical medal absolutely and uh and really I, i guess the whole point is we want this to be helpful yeah want it to be helpful in life, um, particularly if you are on a faith journey. We're hoping it'll be helpful with that. Mm. Obviously, our faith journey centre around Scripture and the person of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. but I guess I just, everyone's on a faith journey. Everyone's on a faith journey on some level. Yeah. I mean, some people are trying to, you know, find meaning simply in the material world, mm. um, which I think is always going to disappoint eventually. Mm. Um People are going to find, try and find meaning in other expressions of spirituality, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think there could be helpful stuff in here for anyone, and I'm hoping yeah. there is, because we don't want it to be well, I guess exclusive. We're not, we're that not assuming that your faith journey starts when you put your hand up in a church service. Oh, golly, no. Absolutely not. But So what we've looked at so far you know, my is... My faith journey started listening to uh, comedians, and I heard a Christian comedian. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's interesting. And then uh, when the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, man, it was like literally on everything. My, I'd put an ACDC cassette in the car. Wow. A cassette in the car. Can you just explain? A cassette. A cassette. <laughs> a cassette. <laughs> and how, where does it go in the in car? In my cassette player. Okay. In my, in my 1970 okay. Tirana. And, uh, and God was using the lyrics like have a drink on me, we'll get hell to pay. And somehow the Holy Spirit could get on even an ACDC lyric mm. and make me feel spiritual, that wow. there was more going on than what met the eye. Which I think is when you're talking about spiritual things and when we're talking about digging a little bit deeper, deeper yeah, there is always more going on than what meets the eye, and particularly in Scripture. And I think that's what we want to look at today. We do. I mean, we've been on this whole thought of you don't have to be right. You know, you don't you don't have to agree. Yeah. Not so much you don't it's have okay. to be right. It's okay it's, it's, to disagree. It's good. You should pursue truth, mm. but you should hold truth loosely enough that you can listen to others and not just shut them out. Yeah. That's yeah. not necessarily helpful because you might, in, in doing that, you might be able to take them on that same truth journey with you. Yeah. Uh, which ultimately is, I think, what Jesus would want us to do. Um, he said the truth would set us free. So scripture where does scripture come into this conversation because often scripture is used to end the argument Mm. or to end the conversation yeah rather than to enlighten the conversation and inspire the conversation yeah or continue the conversation continue it um 
you know, Christians fall too quickly, I think, to the phrase, the Bible says, mm. but the Bible says, but the Bible says. And now we know that scripture has tremendous authority. We Absolutely. give, it, we give yeah. it tremendous authority. And I think scripture has ultimate authority when it's applied through the lens of Jesus Christ mm. and his personhood and how he applied scripture. So, yeah, we, we see great authority there. But to end the conversation by being right about the Bible, yeah, that's not necessarily helpful. No, no. And I think especially as we're talking about, you know, especially this generation, the learning style changing from mm. wrote, tell me what to believe and I'll believe it, to mm. actually wanting to go on a journey of discovery mm -hmm. uh, and learning together. I was listening to a podcast with some top university lecturers on it and they're saying that's what this generation wants. Yeah, they want yeah. to, let's discover together, even with the lecturer. Yeah. Um, let's go on a journey of discovery. Wow. Don't just tell me what the answer is. I yeah. want to discover it for myself. Well, you know, when you say that, I'm just thinking, imagine the heart of God, hmm. God himself and what he gets out. Because we know he's in this for relationship. Yeah. This whole thing, you know, Christianity or what it's, it's not uh, meant to be, even though it does degrade to a sort of a rote religion. Hmm. It's never been meant to be that, you know, that God in Christ is reaching out to humanity to restore relationship. Yeah. And um, how much more excited must God be about a generation that's not prepared to just be told what they should believe? Yeah. But that is actually hungry. To discover. To discover and yeah. to know because that is so much more relational. Yeah, yeah. So and the church should be positioned. Yeah to meet the needs and to meet this generation right where they're at. And if we're not doing that, we have to ask ourselves some serious questions. What are we doing? Yeah. So the Bible, huh. what is it? How do we use oh, it? Golly. What I, does it say? This is the problem. I think the, the scripture and we, I want to frame this as straight as soon as we talk, as begin to talk about it, because I don't want us to be put off. And, and the last thing, the most unhelpful thing is for people to feel like, Scripture was beyond them, beyond their yeah. ability to approach. So when we talk it's about... It's too complicated. Yeah. It's too difficult. When we talk about the complexity of Scripture, it's, um, it's, it should never make us feel like it's unapproachable. What it should make us feel like is, I want to know more. Mm. It should draw us in with curiosity, as in, this is an incredibly diverse, dynamic, ongoing revelation of God that I want to engage and be moved by. Yeah. You know, that's what scripture is. And I guess recognizing in all of this that God is big enough to be able to speak oh. through scripture yeah. to us. I mean, that's what we call journaling. Absolutely. I really believe it's, you know, I, whenever I run a marriage course, we start with journaling because I think it's the thing that's impacted my marriage more than anything yep. is that daily God, would you speak to me through scripture? Yeah. So maybe that's like a, a kind of, hey, we totally believe in that and think it has a place. And this is not just us. We've worked this out, this new oh, thing for the no, first time. No, no, no. God's big enough to speak through it all yeah. right to you where you're at. Like, like I've said in a previous uh, episode, this is to add. Mm. This, isn't to, this isn't to let this necessarily minimize. This is to actually add a sense of, wow, this is even bigger than what I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, because I think it, if we have a dumbed down view of scripture, 
that's not particularly honouring the word. And yet I think that we've tried to do that in the past. It's been like, you know, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Uh, it is um, absolute truth. It cannot be argued with. So therefore it can't even be probably questioned. Mm. Um, and yet God himself invites us to question him. Come, let us reason together. Yeah. You know, the scripture says, even though we're going to talk about your sin. Like you would you would think that there is no really debate to be entered into yeah, to, yeah, with God yeah, when it yeah. comes to that. And so I think God is far more flexible than us. I think Absolutely. God is far more secure than us. Yeah. I think God is far more willing to go on a conversation and allow us to discover, mm. you know, than what we trust people to do. Um, and so therefore we can tend to have this, we just want it to... We're going to make an absolute statement and you have to agree with this. And there is no room for moving outside of the Bible says. And we're looking for, I've often found myself looking for what's the answer to this scripture or what's the answer to this question? Like surely there's a set answer for everything. Mm -hmm. And maybe we should just, um, I guess this conversation that we're having today, we're not going to answer all the questions. This is an overview, some handles to hold on to stuff. There's sub episodes in this everywhere. Um, And, I guess what what has kept me really open to this conversation is the more I have it, the, the hungrier I am to actually mm. read more scripture and yep. to understand scripture. I feel like anything that makes you start to want to avoid it and run away is potentially not healthy. Yeah. Um, but anything that actually increases your appetite, um, I think is always a good thing. Oh, so. absolutely. And, uh, you know, like the Bible says, yes, that's a rock solid, like we go to the Bible for our authority, for direction, for insight and revelation. So, yeah, that's a beautiful term unless it's used as the coup de grace, mm. you know, to to finish the conversation, to stop people. You know, think about this. Rabbis in the first century were, and previous to that, they were actually identified, young boys were identified not by their knowledge, because most educated young Jewish boys, they could quote large portions of the first five books of the Bible by the time they were 12. They'd already been to a couple of rabbinic schools. They were working out, do you have what it takes? Because to be a rabbi, to handle Mm. the scriptures, to direct the spiritual affairs of the nation, that was the greatest honor you could have in Jewish society. And so they were lining up for it in a similar way, maybe, that we could say, you know, young boys line up to play NRL for the for the nation. Yeah. Everyone wants to pull on that kangaroo's jersey or a, a state of origin jersey. And so mm-hmm. you've got that kind of environment happening. And one of the primary final tests at around 12 years of age is was was to see rabbis would sit with these boys and see whether they could keep the conversation about God going. Not answer questions, yeah. not give the right answers, but could they ask questions and give answers that kept the conversation flowing? Which, if I'm not mistaken, is what everyone was impressed with with Jesus when he was yeah. in the temple as a boy. Wasn't it the questions that it, he asked? It was. If you read the scripture there, it was um, uh, they were astonished or astounded. Mm. The teachers of the law that were there 
were, you know, Jesus is in the temple, mum and dad have left him behind. Somehow, yeah, yeah. how can you leave a kid behind? Throwing the baby but out they with the bathwater. <laughs> yeah, they, they threw the baby out with the bathwater, which is a reference to a previous uh, joke in a previous episode. But you get a badge if you rem- remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, badge. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. There's a reward. Memory badge. And, um, and so they've left him behind in Jerusalem as they've returned from the feast and realized that gone back to collect him and he's in the temple courts and the, he's not teaching is he if i'm no correct. no no he's um th- th- he's ha- having a conversation yeah and it's simply well it, it, that's the intimation it says that the uh the teachers of the law or the um uh i'm just trying to think who that particular group were but they were astonished at his answers and the questions he was asking mm. and that's why they were they were going Basically, it's a sort of a nod to the fact that this guy has got what it takes to, to teach scripture, yeah. yeah, to be a rabbi. So, um, uh, even it's about Jesus, the conversation going, yeah. yeah, and think about Jesus and his handling of it. I mean, he's he's the Son of God; he's God in flesh. Mm. Uh, John puts it this way in, in John chapter one: "The Word was made flesh," so he is the Word. Yeah. If you want to equate that on some level to scripture, um, he's the living word. He is the word of God. He is the living word personified. Mm. And yet he asks people, what does the scripture say? What's your reading of it? In other words, interesting. Hey, here you have the manifest son of God, the manifest word of God Mm. being interested in someone else's opinion of what they think the Bible's saying. Yeah. And it's like, wow, if that's good enough for Jesus, I really think that should be good enough for us. Yeah. I really do. So, yeah. ha- so how do we read it? What, what are some of the, the, the handles and, and things we need to remember as we read this? I, I think there's things we need to be aware of. And they're certainly not things you need to memorize. But the more you understand these concepts, it just becomes a filter which makes you, I think, handle the word more respectfully. Mm. I think that we brutalize the Bible when we approach it too simplistically or where we we tend to. We don't mean to, but we can tend to uh, oversimplify it. The fact is the Holy Spirit, and this is the beauty of, of being in a relationship with a living God, a mm-hmm. living being, is that he can well able, and any of us who are journaling regularly, we understand this, anyone who's handling the Bible regularly with with, um, honour, realises that God is well able to craft what you read, to cause words or phrases to jump out of the page, sometimes totally out of context to the original writing and make them speak to your heart in the moment. And that's part of the beauty of Scripture. Mm. But it does pay to also have another filter. If if at one end we are people of the Spirit, Mm. allowing the Spirit to breathe on the Word and make it come alive for our unique moments then the other way to get some balance to that is to really recognize some of the unique things that are happening Mm. around scripture things like historic arc that scripture's going somewhere yeah this whole story is going somewhere so that way if you read an earlier part of the story and you see an image of god that you go oh my goodness god looks terrible he seemed to be a horrible thing you've got the understanding that hang on this was going somewhere this is what someone saw at that time Mm. and also that this is being filtered through a human writer is it inspired by the holy spirit 
Absolutely, yeah. it's inspired. Uh, is it complete? Possibly not. Mm. Just, just historic Ark, just, that was something maybe it took me a second to get my head around. We're, mm. not, we're not talking about Noah's Ark. No. We're not talking about that historic Ark. That's a historic Ark. That is a historic Ark. You're talking about how, like, in a gra- like, picturing a graph, how there's often an arc yeah. or, or a curve, yeah. I suppose. A trajectory. You of, could say over a, history, there's yeah. been a curve, a trajectory A shift. trajectory. Just understanding this story is going somewhere. Over thousands of years, mm. people are walking with God and it begins as a ultra primitive story, yeah. primordial story, and then primeval story. And then an ancient story. I mean, you're talking about epochs we haven't even thought of words for, really. I mean, and this arc of story continues right through to the time of Christ. Mm. And so we have to understand it's going somewhere and it's going somewhere dramatically. Yeah. And the temptation can be because we want to honour all of Scripture and we should honour all of Scripture but but sometimes we have such a one-dimensional view we put you know like all of scripture as if it's all equally relevant for right now Mm. now as soon as i say that some people are like oh you're going into really dangerous ground but in all honesty you know some of the dietary laws for israel for example yes there can be great even dietary insights into that etc etc but i don't find them as compelling for my daily journey as reading the Gospels and Jesus walking down the dusty streets of Palestine. Sure. You know, so I think we can recognize on a base level that certain portions, certain parts of Scripture, and, and that's just looking at it by book, etc. Mm. If you actually even just look at the arc of the story, you yeah. find exactly the same thing. Yeah, because can we get exactly too pigeonholed in the chapter that we're reading, the verse that we're reading, the book that we're reading, that we kind of maybe even miss what's changed the over the last story. three books or mm. even the last three chapters. Mm. Yeah. Um, I guess when you're reading through it slowly, yeah. as you do, sometimes you can miss. This yeah. has actually been going somewhere for the last three, you know, the last yeah. 200 pages. Yeah. There's been a big shift. Yeah. If you're reading half a page at a time, sometimes you yeah. miss it. And sometimes people like, you know, they read something, particularly in the prophetic books, and it's like, oh, that's just too hard to read. That's just, mm. that's terrible. That's horrible what's being said there. And they, so they stop reading the book. Yeah. But if they read the next chapter, they'd realize that that was just, it was actually a literary device to actually, of light and shade, Mm. to contrast. This is how awful it could look. You're thinking, I'm trapped in the moment. This is terrible. This is a disaster. You know, God is going to bring destruction. And then the next chapter is, oh, hang on a sec. No, no, God's going to turn it all around. That's what it could have looked like. Yeah, but, but he's actually w- not going to do that. No, he's not going to do that. That's, yeah. that's what you deserve. That's what he should do. Mm. You know, some prophet is saying, you know, I'm going to tell you, you're so off track. Mm. Your sins are going to cause this to happen and God would be totally justified in doing it. Yeah. But actually, this is God's response. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually a beautiful response. Mm. It's a redemptive response. And it's that story is going to take you to a place of wholeness. Mm. So um, that's where... We've got to recognize that the Bible is maybe a little bit more complex yeah. than just face value all the time. That often when we just take it at face value, that's where we're likely to get it wrong. Yeah. And so um, you just flick to a page and you start reading. And I mean, even if you're looking at like the, the different voices that are within the Bible, if you've you just go. flick to a, a, a portion of scripture and you start reading and you're thinking this is what God's saying yeah, yeah. without realizing, no, that's what 
the enemies. Now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what... we've got the voice of God very distinctly. We've got the voice of the accuser yeah. or the devil very distinctly. We've got the voice of the human heart mm. very distinctly. Um, and that's what a lot of the Psalms are. They're cries of the human heart. It's a songbook. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we know that in a songbook, there's exaggeration. We exaggerate. So, for example, you know, like great ballads, great love ballads and that, they tend to be emotive. They play on things. They may even say things that, ah, oh, people in love don't really ever do that. But I know what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah. You know, my love is as high as a mountain, you know. And so we go to a songbook in the Bible, but we don't allow it to do it. We yeah. want to take it as literal or we take it as the voice of God when it might be the voice of a human being in yeah, extreme yeah. pain. Yeah, we, we don't recognize that. Yeah, they're trying to maybe artistically <laughs> make it more beautiful. I mean, Song of Solomon. Yeah. Oh, Song of Songs, you know, obviously there's language in there. Of course her teeth aren't sheep. Yeah. Like, I, and I don't get that pitch, to be honest. I mean, what, fluffy? Like, yeah, yeah. furry teeth. But no, yeah, yeah. like, you yeah, know, we don't like furry teeth. We don't furry like teeth furry are out. Teeth. Back then, I suppose, before what teeth? When did Probably. Before start... toothbrushes. I mean, it was a good I, thing. Oh, yeah, look yeah, how yeah. bumpy those teeth yeah, are. Yeah, I, I guess because, I mean, in scripture, I right off the page, but they, you know, vinegar, vinegar sort of like sets your teeth on edge. So it's obvious they didn't like teeth that were squeaky clean. Yeah, yeah. So, Maybe. Anyhow, I don't know. But, but, you know, there's a language and, and that, you know, there's a, a literary kind of device, I suppose, that they're yeah, using. that's to, exactly. And, and I think maybe we can see, if we're just back to the different voices, again, if it's within the same chapter, often we see it. You look at Jesus being tempted. Yeah. You'd never read you know, the promises of the enemy yeah. as Jesus's voice. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. if it's spread out over a few chapters, you yeah. can actually miss, hang on, that's not, that's not who's speaking there in that portion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, you know, the, there's, there's the voices, there's uh literary style in confusion around that. Um, it's interesting. One of the things I've noticed is that, you know, and particularly scholars or people who are really serious about Bible study. Um, and we can be quite happy to let Jesus tell a parable, but we don't let the new, the Old Testament tell a parable. Mm. And we've got to understand the New Testament really is like, particularly the Gospels and Jesus, it really is an Old Testament dispensation until the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So you could almost include, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John almost as part of the Old Testament story before the crucifixion of Christ in one sense, you know, if yeah, you wanted to look saying. at it technically. Yeah, yeah. And um, and yet we're happy for Jesus to tell a parable and we go, it's just a parable that reflects a deeper truth. Mm. But for example, Christians for years have argued about how can a man stay alive for three days in the belly of a whale when a lot of rabbis see the book of Jonah as a, as a prophetic book, mm. but as literally a parable. Yeah, yeah. They're not trying to prove that either yeah. a man could stay alive for three days in the belly of a whale, get spat up right in the right spot, mm. covered in seaweed, preach, a whole city repents, um, a tree springs up out of nowhere and a worm eats it within an hour. You know, yeah. like all of the stuff that's in Jonah yeah. is, is it's like, it should be telling us it's not necessarily literal, yeah. but we argue, we die on the wrong hill. Yeah. And you, you get someone, a modern thinking mind, is just going to challenge that stuff from a scientific mindset as whether it's possible. And then a Christian's ready to die on the wrong hill because yeah. they're not actually letting the scripture breathe and be what it was actually written to be. And I guess if we come back to the whole, it's okay to disagree, like you might, you know, believe that that's the truth, but what's far more impacting is how are you applying that story? What's the oh, truth you're getting wow. from it? And if you try, 
argue the science behind it. It's like, wouldn't you argue the principle? Like, wouldn't you argue what yeah, the story is yeah. actually trying to tell? Yeah, what, you know, you would say to that scientific mind, I mean, the, the, again, the best way I, to I approach it. I don't know, maybe it. it was a miracle, but, you know, what, what I get from that. And, and I haven't got a problem. If someone wants to argue, could God keep someone alive three days in the belly? Well, of course he of can. Course He's he God. Can. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing's impossible with God, but we can miss the real teaching that's there, mm. which is obviously Jonah's sent to the Assyrians. The Assyrians skinned people alive and had skinned Israel alive several times in their history Jonah's sent there mm. and Jonah knows God is so good that if he preaches repent they will and God won't destroy them Jonah's you know got this tearing of the heart mm. I want God to avenge me on my enemies I want to see these guys suffer but I know that inherently I know God is good he's forgiven us that many times mm. if I preach repentance they're likely to repent and the, he's likely to forgive them and that's not what I want wow that's the story of, so the story of Jonah is can you forgive people who have totally destroyed your life now think about this even in our Toowoomba context mm. Over recent years, we've been welcoming and all around us here at the church, all in our area of town, and we've been involved with the resettlement and visiting and we've had them in our foyers with Yazidi refugees, uh, people from northern Iraq mm. who've been terribly persecuted, driven from their homes, lost their lives, lost loved ones. They have literally, under ISIS, they experienced and under other other people up there they've experienced um a, a Nineveh or a uh a, sorry an Assyrians because Nineveh was the capital of Assyria mm. uh, an Assyrian style persecution. persecution yeah they come and resettle into them but now if we were going to help them apply scripture mm. if we were going to say there's a book in the bible that could really speak to you are we going to try and tell them that God could keep someone alive three days in the belly of a rail or is helping them to understand that God sees it as important that even though your enemy has done terrible things, mm. the way forward for freedom for your life mm. is to practice forgiveness, yeah. is to release the pain and the anguish of the past. And it doesn't mean you expose yourself to it again because that's why you're in Australia now. You had to get away from it. But to continue to hate, to despise, to dwell on that is not going to help you into your future. Yeah. And even when you look at it on a sociological level for our community, for our society, we want people to be able to integrate that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they're living now, those Yazidi people are living alongside Muslim people. Mm. And they're living alongside Iraqi people. Yeah. And possibly some of the people that were caught up in some of the mess that caused them some of their issues. So is scripture relevant for 2021 or 2022 now yeah. in Toowoomba? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you let scripture be what scripture is meant to be. Yeah, I, I think, wow, how much more, I think we should just talk, stop for a second. How much more <laughs> profound is that story Absolutely. than what, what gets preached sometimes, which oh. is God can keep you alive in the belly of a fish. Yeah, now, yeah. you know, I've never needed that yet. I've not needed to be kept alive in the belly of a fish. And, and, and look, I think in <laughs> a sense, if we're applying that in Sunday school for kids to have the awe and wonder of a mighty God, I think it's wonderful. It's great. Yeah. I know for me, you know, one of my favorite old Jonah sermons used to be that the, and, and it's totally true. It, like with the kids, is that true? Yes. 
Mm. I mean, the scripture is multifaceted. There is yeah, no, yeah, but that's yeah. one of the beauties and one of the things that confounds us. And one of the things that can sometimes cause the tensions between people's doctrine and thinking mm. and theology is that scripture is multifaceted mm. in its revelation. You know, so rabbis yeah. were always looking for at least five readings. They yeah, had a literal yeah. reading and then they had, you know, the deeper reading, the, me- the meaning under the meaning and they, whatever. Mm. And so I used to preach Jonah as the pathway uh, of disobedience always leads down because God calls Jonah and he went down to Tarshish and then he went down to the dock and then he went down into the belly very of the bottom fish, yeah. bottom of the ship oh, yeah, yeah. and then he went down into the belly of the fish then the fish took him down into the you know the ocean if you look at the story of Jonah it is a descent Oh, down 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 and yeah. I used to preach you know disobedience to God mm. will always lead down yeah is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that relevant and applicable? True. Yeah. Is it actually the message of the book? No, but it's part of the message of the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so obviously there's a macro and a micro view and, and it's cool to riff through all the different passages yeah. and um, and preach the micro applications, which mm. are, can be fun and inspiring. Absolutely good. But when we're talking about how we handle the word, mm. then it's always good to come back to the macro yeah. and look at maybe what was the original intent. author, yeah. what was their intent, what was the cultural background, world events at the time, mm. um, the unique hyperbole of yeah. the time, uh, the different voices that are found in scripture, mm. uh, you know, rhetoric that preachers used. Uh, historic underpinning the story under the story all of this stuff mm. which shouldn't put us off and make us go golly well if I have to know all that I'll never read the Bible Yeah. what we do is go wow there's always more going on and yeah. when I read stuff that might confuse me or stuff that I don't understand what I can then do is set it aside mm. it doesn't have to become a stumbling block to me yeah, because yeah. I can go you know what, there's probably something more happening here. A hundred percent. And I, there's, you know, I probably need to do a bit more study. I probably need to actually honor the word on a higher level than mm. just going, I read the Bible literally. Yeah. Because that is such a low common denominator. There's so much more going on than that. And there are passages we should read literally. There is literal stuff in scripture, mm. but there's also lots of stuff that isn't. And I just, I think just to, dwell on that thought you just had for a second because mm. I, was, I was thinking the same thing sometimes I guess when I first started learning all these things it was a bit overwhelming it's mm. like how do I know if this is a parable and parables mm. are easy in the New Testament because it says then <laughs> Jesus told a parable <laughs> it doesn't say at the yeah. start of Jonah yeah. here's a parable that they told and yeah. Um, yeah. you know yeah once you start getting into the different literary 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 styles you know I can't even pronounce the word yeah um it, it can feel a little bit like, oh, how do I know if this is, is this hyperbole? Is this something else? Yeah. But I think what it's done for me, if anything, is when I read something I don't understand, realizing there could be so much more going on here. Yeah. It's not just that this doesn't match up and this doesn't fit into the story. Um, or this is, you know, this right here is a complete picture of God. There's got to be more to what's going on, mm. which then leads you to want to discover, which then leads to, often revelation yeah. which is then a more powerful kind of experience of the truth than if 
someone was just to say, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. And I, look, I love how one writer puts this and they say that whenever you see something that just doesn't make sense, that, that disturbs you or unsettles you or whatever, just treat it as if it's an invitation to go deeper. Mm. Again, to recognise this. Dig a little deeper. There's more. (laughs) There you go. Dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. There's more going on than meets the eye. And this feeling that I'm feeling, this uncertainty, this, this even being disturbed. I mean, if there's places in scripture that don't disturb you, you're not reading it. Yeah. You're not, or you're not thinking about what it's saying. Mm. Um, But it's an invitation to go deeper. It's an invitation to discover why. Why is that there? Mm. This is inspired. All of this writing is inspired. So God wanted it there. So why is it there? And uh, and that, you know, when you take on board all of this, so literary style and 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 becoming a little bit more familiar with rhetoric that's familiar to an ancient audience or mm. culturally unique hyperbole understanding the different voices when you start to frame it with that and realize there could be a bit of a possibility something's going on mm. uh, that it's worth it can i just say yeah, yeah. i mean that's where i want to land it it is worth it mm. we shouldn't accept a dumbed down one-dimensional framework to, to view scripture as helpful as that can be in establishing foundations by rote mm. it's actually more and i want to encourage us let's develop an eye for what's happening and when you do that then as you read scripture as you approach scripture it becomes more beautiful mm. every time you approach it yeah. every time you journal every you know journaling is just a tool we use to mm. interact with scripture that's all it is and what and, is reading scripture through the lens of god would you speak to me yeah and then writing down what you believe god speaking to you yeah applying the scripture to your life today yeah look the most important thing with journaling and what what sets it apart, the way that we do it, you know, in the sense, the way that we feel our experiences led us to being the most fruitful for our, for our journey. Mm. So that's not, you know, that doesn't exclude other ways of reading the Bible. Uh, or whatever. Yeah. But for us, it comes down to application is the most important thing. Yeah. So a lot of people read the Bible for knowledge. I know more about God. Well, well, great. But I think a more profound question is, how has it changed my life? Yeah. So now that you know that about Jesus, now that you know that about God's will, now that you know that about Paul's instruction to the Corinthian church, and what what does that mean for you today? Yeah. And when we approach Scripture that way, it's transformational. Absolutely. That's the difference. Mm. And so, yes, we, we approach the word prayerfully going, Lord, speak to me. And my encouragement is always don't overread. You know, if we really honor the word and we believe it's powerful, then a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. And that's what I've found. Mm. I found Christians often spend far too much time reading the Bible. Mm. And I say that tongue in cheek, but far too much time reading it, not enough time working out what they're reading, what that means to their today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we, we follow the soap principle, simple principle, I think, popularized by Wayne Cadero from Hawaii. But, you know, scripture then observation so what 
was the the writer saying or what is this portion of scripture trying to communicate mm. to the original audience mm. what did it mean to the original audience that is so critical yeah um, that's what we're talking about today yeah because that gives you a little bit of context mm. and um and then move to the application okay if that's what it was saying to them if that's how they were perceiving if that's how it would have been hitting them mm. then how does it hit me how does that apply to me and that's the application so uh scripture observation, application, and then prayer. Then I pray about and write down a very short prayer, Mm. applying that to my life. Mm. And you can do that in 15 minutes and it can be life-changing. And the you fact can do is, it in five minutes and it can be life changing. You can do it in five minutes. Mm. And the fact is, I find that when you do it and it becomes life changing and transformational, you can't stop at five minutes. Mm. You want to do more. Yeah. And so um, the, the main thing, though, is applying the word. And the beauty is, uh, you know, for the average in the trenches Christian, um, what you're actually learning is just an exegetical technique that every decent preacher understands. Yeah. Uh, to approach the scripture and to get the most out of it. So you you don't, you know, any good preacher doesn't come up with a concept and say, I want to find scripture that supports it. Mm. They actually go to scripture and say, what is scripture saying? This is what I observe. Therefore, how do I help people apply it to their lives? Yeah, that's the the process. We're kind of, we're kind of giving away our secrets a little bit here uh, as preachers because yeah. people and, are going to sit in there and go, "Hang on, and that's I, just a journal entry." And, and I think this is like three and a half episodes now. Yeah, I think we're on like three point five. We kind of have breached into the next one. But but this is good, and we should talk about journaling and the value of it for a whole. We should give a whole episode to it. Yeah, because it's changed our lives. Oh, I I hundred percent. It has been the most life impacting element of yeah. of and, and practical and easy and simple. Yeah. And it's not even scripture. It's a tool yeah. to get into scripture. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. really in a sense it's a tool to unlock mm. scripture. Yeah. For the average Joe. Yeah. And to me, I couldn't preach without it. No way. Before yeah. I was journaling regularly, I remember and I've been journaling regularly, I guess fifteen, eighteen years now, but but Actually, it's longer. I, I started journaling in 1998, so whenever that was. And, um, it's in 1998? 1998, 1998 yeah. so that's a few years ago. And, um, 24 years. But before that, as a preacher, I'd been a preacher for since um, 90, 91, a credential pastor. And, um, and I was always looking for what to preach, and especially when I became a senior pastor at 29 years of yeah. age. And it was like, I've got to preach every week now, yeah. not just on a team doing it once every now and then, yeah. I, every week. And um, and I was always, oh, man, you know, what am I going to say? Yeah. What am I going to say? I started journaling and within a short amount of time, it's it's always since then been, what do I not say? Mm. I've got yeah. so much I could preach this weekend. I could go here. I could go there. God's been speaking to me about this and about that. This is great. This is... And I'm not looking for sermons. I'm looking for how God speaks to me, being determined to apply it. And because of that, the scripture unlocks. I think God is very happy to transform our lives. Absolutely. And so if we sign on for that, God's already waiting. Mm. He's in the chat room waiting for you to turn up. Yeah. And we use journaling as a means of doing that. Yeah. It's a great thing. And, you know, it was a bit of a sidetrack. But, yeah, you were kind of saying, like, you know, as we're reading scripture... Obviously, there's a lot of things that we should keep in mind, yeah. but let it not put us off from diving in deeper. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's true. Yeah. I think well, we're before done. we finished episode four, within episode three, 
<laughs> what are we going to call the next one? I don't know. Episode three point five. E- episode e- episode yeah no episode <laughs> episode four. I think we're still episode okay. four. Yeah. Okay, we'll do but, that. But uh, hopefully, hey, today's been uh, or tonight, whenever you're listening to this, that it's it's helpful. And whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, yeah, it might be. So. Mowing your lawn. We'll catch Although that. you need some we'll good headphones. You need some good headphones to yeah, listen to no, a podcast mowing no. your lawn. I've tried. I think we should just let people go. But we do want to let you go with a blessing. Yeah. And um, you know, don't let this trouble you. What we've been talking about. Determine to be mature enough to have your heart anchored enough in the truth that you already know. That that you don't have to let this sweep you off your foundation. Mm that you just begin to consider a bigger world around the way we handle scripture. That'd be my prayer for you. And it's my blessing for you because I know that it will help you to honor scripture on an even greater level than what you desire to do. And it's going to reap incredible fruit in your life. And that is the blessing. It's a blessing of the inspired scriptures. Amazing. Hey, Well, we'll see you in the next episode. See you next episode. What's up, guys? It's Linka. Thanks so much for listening today. And please make sure you give us a rating if you like the episodes or send us some feedback to digalittledeeper at newhope.org.au. And hey, if you want to hear more from Pastor Chris and Levi, you can listen to their Sunday messages on our main podcast. But otherwise, we can't wait to be with you again for the next episode as we discuss why dogs need AirPods too. Hmm. That sounds interesting. Thanks again. Have a great week. I messed up at one point, didn't I?